Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, I'm Sean Callahan, And I'm Mark Shank. And Sean, I'm off to Spain pretty soon, uh, September, running a public workshop and speaking to a conference there. You will love that. I'm looking forward to it. Never been before, so uh, it'll be my first time. I've got one day time off to look around Madrid. Mm. I know you've been to Spain and uh, you speak a bit of Spanish. I have none of that. What would you recommend that I do one day. Yeah, look, I haven't been to Madrid, but I've, I do have an interest in that at the moment. Um, our partners in Mexico have kind of challenged me to learn a little bit of Spanish. So as a result, you know, you start to get your head in that game and looking around places which uh, speak Spanish. But Sheena and I actually did the Camino Trail on the, in the north of Spain, about 120 kilometres of it. But in Madrid, the, one of the things that has popped in up on my radar is I was listening to Melvin Bragg's In Our Time podcast. And they were talking about Picasso's Guernica painting, which is a painting representing one of the big bombings that happened in World War II in the town of Guernica. And it's one of the most amazing paintings, according to the guys who were sort of talking about it. And it sits in the uh, Rihanna Sophia Museum. So maybe if you can check that out, I think that would be kind of interesting. Oh, okay, fantastic. I will definitely do that. Just uh, last Sunday, I went down to the National Gallery of Victoria where they've got an exhibition from MoMA uh, in New York and they have got some amazing images uh, and pictures yeah. from MoMA. Uh, one of them was an, another one of Picasso's works and so it was, it was fantastic. They had Dali, Picasso, the whole... All through modern art, it was uh, really yeah, good. Exactly. So, True. so okay, Rihanna Sophia. Yep, check that out. But you know, apart from that, I suppose uh, maybe we can throw it out to our listeners. Uh, good idea. Yeah, maybe you know. If, so, if you've got any ideas for Mark, please uh, jot them down and I'll pop them into the uh, the comments field for our um, podcast, and uh, that'll set him in the right direction of seeing what he should see. Make in, the most of my day. That's right. Day. Make the most of his day. Now, today's story is. Um, one that we actually tell, we used to tell a lot actually in our workshops. We don't tell it so much these days, but it's a very effective story. That, uh, it's one of, a fav- point. one of Sean's favourite types of stories. Yes. I mean, it can be a, you know, a story about a scientific experiment where you get the benefits of a, you know, a cited uh, peer-reviewed journal as well as uh, you know, someone making a good business point. So this story is about a woman who was studying in Stanford University, a lady called Elizabeth Newton. And in 1990, she was doing her graduate degree and set up a very simple experiment. Uh, The experiment was just to get a group of people, she'd divide them into what she called tappers and listeners. And the tappers and listeners or tappers would be asked to tap out a song. So it'd be just a simple song that everyone knows and they would tap it out and the listeners had to guess what the um, song was. As simple as that. And I thought, Mark, we might... Uh, try it out. I'll, I'll tap out a couple of songs and see if you, at least one song, and see if you can guess it. Right. So, am I going to? I'm going to seriously try and guess them, or for the sake of the viewers, I'm going to get it wrong. No, 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 no. I want you to see if okay. you can get this right. Okay. I'm not too sure if I use the same songs as <laughs> you do. Right. So here's my song. I've got nothing. You got nothing, really? Nothing. Come on, you must have. It's a classic Australian song. Click right. go the shears. That was click go the shears, and I'd rendered it in all the, the sort of magical detail that you do when you render a song by tapping a pen on a on a table. But 
So she did this and- So so can I just say, now that you've said click go the shears- Yes. I've got it. You've got it. But I had no idea before you said it. Okay. Well, that's good. This actually helps illustrate the point. So when she was uh, tapping out these songs, uh, she would ask the tapper first to guess how many people would actually get the song right. And generally speaking, the tappers would say, oh, about, you know, half they expect to get it right. But when they tapped it out, and just like Mark's experience there, it was something like 2.5% of people actually got it right. Of course, when you're tapping out a song, all you're hearing is tap, tapity, tap, tap. Whereas the person who's tapping out the song hears the entire song. Right, so, just, so the listener is just getting the taps. Yes, right. Did I say tapper, did I? Yeah, good. Good point. So the listener is just getting the taps, whereas the tapper has the full song in their head. They hear the melody, they hear the orchestration, they, they have the full sort of sound coming through them. And that's the, that's the point that she was making in her research is that when we have any sort of information and we're conveying it to a group, the tapper always knows more than what the, the listeners do. Always has the bigger picture. And especially for leaders, this is a big problem because you know they'll get together and they'll have conversations and they'll work out the values of the organization or the strategy or whatever it might be. And then they head out to the organization. And what do they do? They start to tap out this tune. And of course, the listeners are going. So the listeners in, the, in this case being the staff. The staff have no idea what they're talking about. They're not, they don't have that benefit of being part of that conversation and the rich depth that they go to, to really make sense of the story and all the information they're conveying. So correct me if I'm wrong, was Elizabeth Newton, her research led to the, uh, the sort of the, the coining of the phrase, the curse of knowledge? Oh yeah, I think she used that, didn't she? Yeah, yeah she used so- that idea, that concept of the curse of knowledge. We are all cursed in the way in which we convey what we know because we know much more than we can say and we'll say more than we can write down, okay? Dave Snowden actually used to say that. I'm sure he still does. Um, so that's, that's really this idea that you're losing something at every sort of interaction that you're having. So do I get to tap out a song to see if you can guess yeah, it right? Yeah, yeah, go for it. You All know, right. I've got a great musical ability, so All this right, This is one that you'll know, probably one of your favourites. Okay. So I'm thinking, uh, you know, was it a Madness song? Was it a Devo song? Um, and, and I think it might be Whip It. Oh, excellent guess. Did I get, Completely did, wrong. Oh. But, <laughs> <laughs> but a good guess and I, not, I, love, I know you love that techno music <laughs> stuff. Um, well, who was it? What was Planet it? Claire is one of my favourite Devo songs, by the way. Right. It was, the song was, yeah. Here I Go Again, My, My. How can I resist Abba. you? Oh, my God. Right. Of and course. you didn't get that. Didn't I? It's didn't get mia. The, I But, didn't of course, in my head, I'm, I'm seeing the stage, uh, Ben and uh, Bjorn and Benny uh, with their guitars and, yep. and Anna and Agneta in their white jumpsuits back to back. You know, yeah, doing the whole, and looking in different yeah. directions. And the, the mu- you know, I can hear the music. I've got the lyrics. And all you're getting is, is tap, tap, not tap. much, Not much at all. So, okay. So, that's the story. Bit of an extended disco version of it. <laughs> and I guess the question we'd like to ask now is that why does it work? Why is it useful, right? What do you think, Mark? What's some of the things that you like about this story? 
I like that it's experiential. When I use this story in workshops, I get people in groups to tap out songs and see if the people in the table groups can get it right. Yes. And, the, um, and I ask the question at the end of it, which is, for those who did not have their songs identified correctly, how did you feel? And a lot of them say, well, I was actually really surprised. Like, I'm thinking, what's wrong with these people? Oh, I see. You're right. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, why haven't they got this? It's so simple. It's so simple. It's so clear. Yeah. I'm, I'm tapping so beautifully. And the other experience that they have is they have a sense of frustration. Why don't you understand me? Yes. What is wrong with... Anyway, and, and really, that's one of the things I love about this, about that story. That interactive is element. It, it, is it people have the experience and they know they have this experience when they're communicating at work. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the analogy is so clear for them, isn't yeah. it? You know, that, that's the lovely thing about it. I think the other thing too is that um, it's a simple story. You know, it doesn't, there's not that much, except of course you've got to get the tapper and listener elements correct. Lucky you were here and knew the story can help me out with that. Um, but, you know, it's, as an idea, it's not a complex story. It's, you know, it, yeah. But it has a little bit of surprise. It has something unanticipated. So that's what makes it interesting, if you like. Yeah, it's got a nice bit of contrast. Yeah. Uh, the contrast between what the tappers expected to happen, which was 50% of the people would guess it right. Yes. And the number of people who, Actually, or the proportion yeah. of people who, who guessed it correctly, which was 2.5%. So that yeah. contrast works really well. Yes, indeed. I think also just the fact that she had did her studies at Stanford, that always helps. That institutional credibility you get when you're you know, talking about a large, well-known university, that just sort of adds to the, the story. So I think there's some of the reasons. Um, is there anything we do to tell it? You know, what could we do to make that story better? I think when using that song, it's yes. important that when you're doing... Sorry, when you're using that song. When you're using that story, yes. that you choose a song that's appropriate for the audience... Yes, you know, not many people will get clicked go the shears. No, and uh, many of our international listeners will be going, what? Yeah, what is that song? Because um, I, I normally do Happy Birthday to Me, right? And uh, there's probably some royalties that need to be paid as a result of that. I've got to be quiet about that. Keep that to yourself. But the um, great thing about that is that even that people don't get. Yeah. If you use a song like Mamma Mia that yes, I used yes. uh, with a group of millennials, yes. then you weaken the, the, the effect of the experiment because they're going... I don't even know that song. Yes, right. So it just needs song. to be relevant to the audience. So, yes. Uh, just uh, because you, you don't want the audience essentially dismissing the story because you chose a song that they, they can go, oh, know. that's not relevant. I would have never guessed that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you've got to pick well-known songs. The other one I like to pick is Here Comes the Bride. Yeah, I find that cuts across cultural barriers. Yeah. That seems to be one a lot of people know. And just on uh, happy birthday, yes. So many times people do happy birthday, bar bar black sheep, etc. And there's very very simple songs, and and sometimes people get it because sometimes simple messages get through. Yes. But most of the time, even those simple messages are not picked up. Yep. And there's huge lessons for leaders. I suppose that brings us nicely to just where you would use this. Uh, what do you think would work well in an organisational setting, Mark? Using that story to remind people at every opportunity that when you're communicating, the curse of knowledge is probably at play, which is once you know something, it's almost impossible to imagine what it's like to not know it. And so when you communicate, assuming people know stuff, you might, in fact, you are likely to be ineffective in your communication. Yeah. So just as that reminder. Isn't it amazing though, you know, how many people we 
talk to and they say to us, uh, you know, we'll say something like, oh, look, we really got to get this message across. And the leaders turn to us and say, you know what, Sean, they already know it. Oh, they already know it. Yes. And we just shake our heads, don't we? Uh, yeah. So many times we go, I, I don't have to say that. Everyone knows it. And then you go and test and they have got no idea. I had an experience a little while ago, in fact, middle of last year, the middle of 2017, working with a room full of leaders. So there were 16 leaders in the room. So yep. there was the CEO, CEO equivalent and uh, direct reports. And they had some challenges in that organization. And one of them was around uh, sexual harassment and bullying. So there was some bad behavior. And yeah. one of the leaders stopped the group and he said, everyone, I just want to say a few words. This is an issue that everyone needs to understand. And he started talking. And I let him talk for about five minutes. And after five minutes, I interrupted him and asked if I could test what was happening in the room. Now, he wasn't too happy. He said to me, I'm not finished yet, Mark. And we had a little conversation. But he went along with, with the experiment. With the experiment, testing yep. what was happening in the room. So I started by asking or pointing, I started by pointing out to everybody that uh, we'll call him Paul, right? So Paul started out by saying, Everyone needs to understand this. He's spoken for five minutes. He's spoken really eloquently. He's obviously very passionate about this, wants to make a difference. So let's just do a test. Does everybody understand what, was, what, what Paul's just said? Everyone in the room, all 15 leaders said yes. And nodding their heads. Nodding, yes, got it. Got it. But in the Air Force, uh, so I spent 20 years in the Air Force, and when you're constructing an airfield in the middle of the Australian bush, you don't leave things to chance. We have a saying which is press to test. So you always test, you make sure it works. So I turned to the lady who was sitting right next to me and I said, so what did Paul just say? And she kind of went, um, very strained expression on her face. And she said, um, sexual harassment is bad. And I turned to a guy who was on my left and I said, so what did he just say? And he looked at me and said, I've got nothing. I went to half a dozen more people around the room. What did Paul just say? No one could tell me. The best we got was that sexual harassment is bad. Bad. And so Paul has just spent five minutes talking very passionately and eloquently and no one understood him. So, ouch. Yeah, that hurts, doesn't <laughs> that it? It's all the time. So yes. there was Paul transmitting information, tapping out, and people just were not getting the message. They couldn't pick up the story. Well, that's the thing. You know, I bet you anything that you did that because he wasn't telling the story. Oh, of course. I did it because I was listening to him going, man, what I do is I listen to people. Yes. And most of the time when we're talking high level, ambiguous, uh, I'm thinking, oh, please stop talking now. And I'm pretty sure that the rest of the audience was doing exactly the same. They're simply waiting for him to stop. So as soon as I, I have that experience, that's when I... Intervene. Intervene. Yes. Well, I mean, you're, you're in a session where you're teaching them storytelling techniques, right? And so here was a guy that was not using the technique and you wanted to make the point that what he was doing doesn't work, which was done nicely. What else? Where else would you use this? I think, um, I guess, the reinforcement of that idea from leaders it's that getting your message across is fraught with that, that problem of, uh, you know, the, the curse of knowledge. But I think also it's about the number of times you actually have to tell people too. It's, uh, you know, it's not just the one hit wonder. You really have to you know, convey a message multiple times before it really sinks in. But yeah, I think it's a nice, simple story to be able to have in your back pocket. It helps illustrate also the difference between the communicator, the transmitter, and the receiver. 
where a lot of times we think, well, the communicator is thinking about the, the messaging from their perspective, where of course you should always be thinking about communication from the listener's perspective. So what information are they receiving? What information are they understanding? What are they taking in and remembering? And it helps as a reminder of that. Yes, absolutely. Great. Okay, well, let's, um, let's move to some ratings then, Mark. So you heard the story. Now, let me just, before, before we do the ratings, one thing I did want to mention, I, one of our frequent contributors, John Groke, wrote the other day on one of our podcast episodes. He said, guys, you only gave this an eight. I would have given it a 10. This was a great story. And it was. It was a fantastic Which story. Which one was it? It was the stories that, that was told about the Rupals in, in well, the... You know, the problems they were having in Russia. Ah, yes. Right? And it was true. It was a 10 out of 10 story in that context. But, of course, what we're trying to do here is provide stories that people can tell outside that the original context into their own business area, right? And so it's really about our scores are reflecting just how useful this story would be, in our opinion anyway, back out in your own organisation. Yeah. yeah. And when I think about my, my ratings, I'm thinking about impact. Yes, Usability. Exactly. They're two main things, right? Cool. So what do you reckon? This story, I'm, tappers and listeners? I use this story a lot and it works really well. So for me, it's a nine. It's a nine. Wow. That's my first nine. It is your first nine. You got crept up to for an eight and a half last time, but a nine, that's great. Look, I'll give it a nine too. This to me is simple. It's, it's one of those types of stories I love. It's a scientific experiment. Uh, you get lots of credibility doing that. And just the interactive nature is fantastic. You really see people, eyes light up. They sort of go, oh, my God, I had no idea. So that's great. All right, so two nines. This, folks, is definitely one to take note of and put into your story banks. Terrific. Well, Mark, I think that's probably a good place for us to wrap things up. So let me just finish up by thanking everyone for coming along and listening to Anecdotally Speaking. And, of course... We want you to tune in next week for another great episode on how we'll just put stories to work. So rate us on iTunes, help people find this podcast, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting to you next week. Bye for now.